Well, uh, we want to thank the following sponsors to help you bring this week three action to you. And boy, it's a lot, and we're going to get a lot more to you. But we want to thank Iowa Tire, Fairfield, Iowa. Kyoto Transmission and Repair. Uh, Flint Cliffs Manufacturing of Burlington, Iowa. Wester Drug of Wilton and Muscatine. Jen Fagan, your neighbor's insurance agent, Kyoto, Iowa. Home Plate Sports Cards of Oskaloosa, Iowa. Henshaw Trailer Sales of Richland, Iowa. B&B Propane. R&B Breaks Facebook page of Dubuque, Iowa for the best sports cards in Iowa. Richardson's Tech Solutions of, of Richland, Iowa. Farmers Co-op and Vision Ag of, of Kyoto and surrounding areas. And the Packwood Locker of Packwood, Iowa, soon to be Griner Meats and Groceries of Richland, Iowa. We've got Nick Bannerman of the Dubuque Area Sports Podcast. A uh, 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 welcome program. Dave, thanks for having me. It's always great talking sports. It's always great talking football with you. You do one side of the state. I do the complete other side of the state. So it's always great for your listeners to hear about all of the great athletes and the great programs that we have. So thank you for having me on. I don't do a lot of radio interviews, but I'm always quick to jump on yours when you ask. Well, uh, the uh, purpose of this, you know, is for the people that vote on the uh, uh, of the polls, you know, um, uh, they, it, it's tough to, to find out about the Dubuque area. I've got Ryan Timmerman from the Sioux City Journal. He's going to come on and talk about his corners of the state. I, I'm calling this the, 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 the state corner show, and uh, we've got the southeast Iowa covered. I don't. I used to have a guy down in Atlantic that could do the other, but I don't have them. But maybe the next time we do this, well, I thought every, every three weeks we'd get together and each one of you would kind of campaign or lobby for some teams in your area. Uh, that deserves some votes in the top 10. So uh, I'll just turn it over to you and, and let's hear about some of the teams in your area. First team we're going to talk about, Dubuque people that are listening to this, I'm going by class first. I'm not going in, in any sort of order. I'm not playing any type of favorites, but I first want to talk about the Hempstead Mustangs in 5A. The Hempstead Mustangs last week were ranked eighth, and they made the jump up to fourth in Class 5A, and they are 3-0, and and they play Muscatine this week, oh. and I... And I have been told that that should be a Mustang victory, that Muscatine is a little on the downside right now. And their big game, I believe it will be the battle of unbeatens if Bettendorf takes care of business, will be next week at Bettendorf. Bettendorf's homecoming on September 22nd and Hempstead is a, is a football team where they play outstanding defense and they play ball control offense so right now their offensive leaders in the rushing department would be a guy by the name of Quinn Breitbach he's averaging 6.9 yards a carry with four touchdowns 413 yards and receiving is Justin Potts and he's averaging 15 yards a catch. He's got one touchdown and he's got nine receptions. And I don't know how to say this guy's name. So I'm going to call him Colton Z. He's second on the Mustangs and receiving with nine receptions as well. And 
They have a quarterback who's got a good arm, but so far I've seen a lot of screen games. I've seen a lot of a lot of dinking and dumping and letting the athletes do the work. And it's a guy by the name of Carter Krug. And Carter right now has five touchdowns to three interceptions. And I do not want to shortchange the defense. I said they are a defensive-oriented team. And right now, Tate Woodruff a senior has just been a men among boys on the high school field. He's got two and a half sacks, six and a half tackles for total loss, 15 tackles on the year. And sophomore Jaden Montgomery is showing he can play with the big boys. He leads the Mustangs in tackles with 22 and also has two sacks on the year. We also mentioned Justin Potts earlier. Not only can he catch the ball on offense, but he's doing a great job on defense. He leads the Mustangs in interceptions with two. Next, we're going to go on to the Western Dubuque Bobcats. And the Western Dubuque Bobcats have been ranked in 4A all year, and they just suffered their first defeat to a great Cedar Rapids Xavier team in a back-and-forth battle that came down to a two-point conversion that Xavier converted and Western Dubuque did not. They're currently ranked fifth in Class 4A, and they're going to continue to make a run because we know in football – You have to be able to stop the run, and you have to be able to run the football. And right now, their leading rusher and one of the top rushers in the state is a guy by the name of Grant Glaser, and he just set the all-time leading rushing yards in program history. He's got five 117 yards on 8.1 yards carry and he's also got five touchdowns on the year they also have a deep a deep receiving core and they have some great playmakers on offense at the wide receiver department they have colin mcdermott who's got 13 receptions with three touchdowns and they have brock carpenter who's committed to play football at the university of northern iowa i see kansas state on twitter is always posting kansas state jerseys with carpenter's last name i'll be curious to see if he sticks or if he flips but he's a dynamic player offensively defensively special teams he's got seven receptions and two of those came for touchdowns as well but I think the surprise of the Bobcats this year is their junior quarterback they call him touchdown Tanner Anderson and Tanner Anderson has eight touchdowns to zero interceptions and he was not even penciled in to be the starter at the start of the year it was baseball commit to Ole Miss Brett Harris, and Brett Harris is out dealing with some injuries. We hope to see him back on the football field at some point. But Western Dubuque's defense, these stats for Western Dubuque are not up to date yet, but their defensive stats, they are led by Derek Horner, Clayton Lindecker, Brock Carpenter, and Mason Rudin, and Hunter Quigliano lead the team, each with one sack. Peyton Putz and Jack Lansing have a half sack. And looking interception-wise, they have three guys, all with one interception. 
Drew Birds with one, Clayton Lindecker, and Derek Horner also have one as well. And then this team, we're going to go to 3A, is Waller Catholic High School, and they are currently 2-1. and one. And they have a very big game Friday night. They play 10th ranked Davenport Assumption at the Rock Bowl of Loris College in beautiful Dubuque, Iowa. And I don't want to say this is a must-win game early on for the Eagles, but I think it would be a statement victory for them. They're trying to get into the top 10 of all the teams in the area. They went to the Dome last year, but they lost the most. And they are a ground-and-pound type team as well. They're led by a two-headed monster at running back, Michael Borman, who's a junior. He's got six touchdowns, five 149 yards and he's averaging 13 yards a carry so every time you give Michael Borman the ball he's getting you a first down they also have Tate Shope as well who is also averaging 12 yards per carry he's got three touchdowns and he's got 234 yards and that's only on 19 carries they do have some playmakers on offense I'm going to ask you Dave if you've ever heard this before the last name the next name I'm going to mention for you is a guy by the name of Tom Share. Last week, he had an offensive touchdown. He had a defensive touchdown. And he had a kickoff return for a touchdown as well. Three touchdowns in one game, all from a different phase of the ball. In all your years of doing Round Guy Radio, Dave, have you ever had anybody that scored on offense, defense, and special teams? Yes. Uh, uh, last week, uh, a, a kid we call uh, downtown, uh, Robert Brown, did it. Uh, Simeon Reichenbach did it many, many times. Uh, uh, took interceptions back for touchdowns, picked up fumbles and scored touchdowns in the same game. Uh, uh, Caden Clarehan, or uh, yeah, Caden, or Cal, Cal Clarehan scored five touchdowns last week. Uh, uh, one of them was an interception he brought back. I think one of them might have been a punt return. Um, and, uh, 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 Caden, uh, Amagon, uh, he scored seven touchdowns in the game, uh, uh, once last year. Um, and I, I can't, he seemed to score every way humanly possible, but that is, a uh, an impressive, uh, 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 mark out. Uh, are those the, the, the teams that you think are, are the ones that really deserve some, some ranking are any of them getting any votes right now? Two of the three that are already ranked in the top ten. So the Hempstead Mustangs are ranked fourth in 5A. And that game against Bettendorf coming up is going to be a big one for them because I've heard some chatter, I've seen some buzz on social media that they have a very favorable schedule. Are they pretenders or are they really a team that can fight for a state championship with someone like Southeast Polk or West Des Moines Valley? Bettendorf is ranked one spot ahead of them at three. And I tell you, they have the defense to do it. They are very stout defensively. Western Dubuque is also in 4A. They're ranked number five. But Waller, it's going to come down to this week to see if they crack the top ten. They play a tenth-ranked 2-1 and one Davenport Assumption, who you know is good at everything. If they win that game, I think they will get some votes to pop into the top ten. Dave, you were telling me 
before we signed on here that we have a area team that I cover and an area team that you cover playing on Friday. Is that correct? Well, uh, it's actually two. Um, uh, I also cover the Muscatine Muskies, uh, and, and they're playing Hempstead this week. Uh, uh, I just found that out when you said that. So, uh, well, uh, yeah, let's first let's talk a little bit about the Wilton game. I, I know quite a bit about Wilton. Uh, uh, you will be facing a running back lovingly known as Quadzilla, uh, uh, Owen Hassel. Uh, he's a, a, a good one, uh, and uh, their quarterback uh, uh, is a good one, uh, um, and uh, their defense is stellar. Um, they're fast and athletic, a lot of speed, a lot of athleticism, and uh, they distribute those tackles pretty evenly. They'll have three guys with seven, you know, or more. Uh, uh, so, but um, – Scotty Melvin says that uh, uh, not to overlook Beckman Catholic. They've had uh, uh, three losses where they, they played Albernet, I know, and a couple other pretty tough teams. Uh, it doesn't seem like their offense is getting going, though. Looking at it right now, I know they were shut out in weeks one and week two. They did score their first touchdown in week three. And I talked to some people in the Dyersville area, and they said that there were some athletes who were some good football players who decided to possibly not go out for football this year. They were going to specialize in some other sports. But, yeah, Beckman currently 0-3. They do have a new coach from Wapsie Valley by the name of Cole Mather. And he's bringing in his system. And we know that every time you bring in a new coach into a new program, they say it roughly takes two or three years to get everything installed. Beckman, the one thing that has bit them this year has been the turnover bug. So I think they can give Quadzilla and Wilson a heck of a game if they don't turn the football over. And some of their offensive leaders right now is sophomore Carter White, who's thrown for over 200 yards. And then Isaac Burlog on offense, it looks like he's getting the majority of the carries with Cody Hagman as well. Offensively, I know Wapsie Valley and Beckman is a team that likes to run first. They like to run often. Looking at their scores, they've fallen behind early and often, so they probably had to have thrown more than they would have wanted to. But Cole Hirsch and Benton Bogey both have five receptions for the Blazers. That's really all I can tell you about them. I'd like to see them and Coach Cole Mather get their first victory. It sounds like they are going to have a tough test with a 3-0 and Wilson team. Oh, well, I'll tell you a little bit. Muscatine does have a running back. I know he's a little banged up, but if he plays, he's a good one. Uh, we call him Big Bad Ty Kozad. Uh, he went for 2,095 yards last year. Uh, uh, so uh, uh, they might have uh, uh, a good run game to go against. I don't know if this is Muscatine's best year uh, uh, they've had, but uh, I'm glad to see a couple uh, a couple of my teams and a couple of your teams are uh, uh, going at it this week. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to watch. You you mentioned that Muscatine's got a great running back. I will say this: I I love all the name the nicknames in in your in your area, Dave. You keep dropping dropping nicknames like crazy and the only one i can give you is is touchdown tanner anderson but yeah looking at muscatine right now they they played cedar rapids jefferson who is ranked uh 33 to 24 they played them tight they 
beat Davenport Central in week two. So it, it'll be interesting because I hope the Hempstead Mustangs are not looking past Muscatine and focusing on Bettendorf because that those are the games that, that come back to bite you. But I know talking to some people in the area, they are expecting the Hempstead Mustangs to be 4-0 after this Muscatine game. But again, Muscatine sitting at 1-2, and and they did have a close loss to ranked Cedar Rapids-Jefferson. I'll be curious to see how it works out on Friday night to see who, who pulls off those victories. Maybe Muscatine pulls off an upset, and maybe Dyersville Beckman pulls off an upset. Could, anything could happen. Uh, um George Foreman always said, George, someone said to George Foreman, he says, uh, what's so big about you? All you do is knock out bums. And he'd say, well, they're only bums after you knock them out. Before they knock them out, it's a 265-pound uh, muscle machine swinging hard at you, you know. Uh, uh, so we'll, we'll see how it is. I, I, I never predict too much. I'm never too surprised about what happens, to be honest with you. Uh, I just always hope to see a good game, and, and that happens quite a bit. Uh, well, uh, before I let you go, um, you do have some teams that are probably one and two. Is there any team out there that's maybe played a tough uh, uh, opening round but still has some potential to, to put a, a season together? Is there still two-thirds of the season out there to play? Looking at it going in, I, I thought that um, the teams that would be good are playing good, and the teams that, that I thought – might struggle a little bit are, are struggling. I know the senior Rams, they're currently 0-3. They have a guy by the name of Drew Francis, who's an absolute beast on defense. He's a great tight end. He's a he's a great blocker. I would I would think that he's getting some division one looks for for football. He's also a great baseball player. One team that that's is surprising a little bit is the Cascade Cougars. I know they uh, made it to the playoffs last year. They're currently 0-3, but uh, their big playmaker, Ty Frazier, went down early in the season with, with an injury, and I don't know how much of that goes into, into their struggles. But it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out once we finish two-thirds of the season and see how it figures out once we get to the end of the season. Well, uh, I'll just give you a minute here to let our, our listeners know and your listeners that, that um, uh, what's going on. Promote to me a little bit about what, what's going to come up here on the Dubuque area sports. What, 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 kind of, uh, what kind of programming are you having coming up and how successful has it been since you switched from basically a baseball channel to covering all these other sports? It's been going really well football community has been great they have been very welcoming of the podcast and every week we give out weekly awards we have uh, sponsorships attached to some businesses and we give out the awards so we have the player of the week the quarterback of the week rusher of the week receiver of the week defensive player of the week and and those views on social media are getting roughly about average of 6,000 views on Facebook alone. So we're getting the information out about that. We also 
it's a podcasting network. So the Dubuque Area Sports Podcasting Network. We got Tri States inside the huddle, which covers football. We got weighing in. We got weighing in with Worm, which is a foot, which is a wrestling episode, and we're going to be covering a lot of wrestling. We're going to have some boys and some girls basketball being covered. But yeah, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram, Dubuque Area Sports Podcast, and if you want to personally give me a follow on twitter it's at coach manaman and manaman is spelled m-a-n-e-m-a-n and our weekly shows we usually just take one of the players from one of the biggest stories and we interview them we talk about their football game we talk about their own personal game we talk about the team and the program and so far the athletes that have been mentioned so far for football we mentioned them earlier brought Brock Carpenter, who's an athlete and a playmaker from Western Dubuque, currently committed to go to the University of Northern Iowa. We covered Quinn Breitbach, who went off for the Hempstead Mustangs, who you'll see Friday against Muscatine, Dave. And then we also, this past week, covered Tom Scher, who we mentioned earlier, who scored a receiving touchdown on a tarp screen he also had an interception return for a touchdown and clinton was still around in the ball game and he took the uh second half kickoff 95 yards for a touchdown so that's been our programming right now and then our show weighing in with worm has just been a lot of episodes of interviewing some of the greats from the past and that's done by jeremy worm buffelli and he's going to be doing some high school season previews coming out here it's been going great dave and again i i always appreciate you having me on and you shared some of my stuff before and i, I know i was on with baseball i hope some people from the area listen to that because you do a great job well uh, you can't pick the good day to come on because today uh, we've had the most listeners ever uh, on Round Guy Radio, it was uh, uh, around 1,400 listeners already. I mean, I had over 900 listeners by 9 o'clock this morning. Um, uh, it's been an amazing ride. We were, uh, um, we're, we're pushing uh, 54,000 here, listeners, or um, downloaded devices, or however they count that. Uh, I'm not always understanding everything that comes down, but I know a lot of people are listening. I know football is the best time, and thank you for sharing – uh, uh, your area uh, of the state and uh, uh, stick around. We'll have a couple, uh, we'll have someone from Southeast Iowa talking and we'll get Ryan Timmerman from the Sioux City Journal. Uh, uh, thanks for being with us. Is there anything that you want to talk about that we didn't get a chance to? I think we covered it all. Thanks for having me on, Dave. I appreciate it. All right. Well, we'll talk to you again in about three weeks. Sounds good. Flint Cliffs Manufacturing is a full-service metal fabrication shop located in beautiful Burlington, Iowa. Flint Cliffs is now hiring for welders, painters, and machine operators. For both first and second shift, call 319-752-2781. Well, we have a really good friend of the Round Guy Radio audience, Ryan Timmerman uh, of the Sioux City Journal. Welcome to the program. Yeah, good to be here. Good to be back. Um, been a great start to the football season, and looking forward to the rest of it. Well, you uh, uh, have a juggernaut, uh, just a whole bunch of, of really outstanding football teams. I don't know how you decide which one to go to, to be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, could you let our listeners know, you know, maybe you, maybe some of your teams are ranked, maybe some of your teams might deserve a, a vote or maybe off to a good start. 
um, uh, well, let's hear just go through the list of teams uh, uh, that are that are in your area that are that are uh, maybe deserving of someone who's going to vote in a poll uh, uh, for the top ten. Yeah. Um, well, we're we don't have a, a ton of numbers out here for the for the big schools for the five A schools. Um, the the Sioux City East and, and North are the the two five A schools. Um, I think East uh, East is sitting at one and two, so they're uh, on the wrong side of, of five hundred now through three weeks. But um, but I, I still think they're kind of uh, maybe a, a top ten team um, right around there uh, as of right now. Uh, they have played a brutal schedule. They have losses to um, Glenwood and Heelan, and both of those were. Uh, Helan was eight points, but uh, one score games, uh, and then they beat uh, Sergeant Bluff Luton. Um, and they're really young, um, and so I think they're going to keep getting better throughout the season. Uh, I think the um, some of these losses were good learning experiences, so I think they could end up a playoff team, um, but maybe uh, sort of kind of lingering around uh, ten to fifteen, depending on how you'd how you'd rank five A, but. Um, but with the top 16 getting in for uh, for the RPI or whatever um, coming up, uh, I think they, they could be in. Um, and uh, North, I think North is a, a really talented team, but uh, they've gotten off to an 0-3 start and um, could uh, really um, use a win here coming up and uh, to turn this around. Um, but they're, they're going to have a – tough road ahead of them to, to get back into playoff contention. So I think that's maybe for next time or whatever, if they can rattle off a few wins, maybe we could talk about them in, in a couple of weeks about uh, their playoff um, chances. But, um, but that would be, that would be it for um, 5A. In, in 4A, uh, Lamar's is 3-0. and um, I don't know. I, I was a little new to the area, but uh, – but I think they were maybe a little overlooked um, um, coming into the season, and uh, and you know they're three and old, uh, really good quarterback in Tegan Castle, um, dual threat. He's got uh, over three hundred yards passing, over three hundred yards rushing, and, uh, and they have a really good defense and just um, just a lot of good athletes. So uh, I, I think um, I think they're gonna continue on on. Um, winning and and they could uh make a playoff run there um you know there's some powerhouses in 4a but uh i think they could be um you know second bottom half of the of the top 10 if you're if you're doing the, the rankings um you know they went six and four last year and uh and i think that's maybe their floor this year um for at least for regular season going into um you know playoffs and uh fighting for um, playoff spots there but since we do the um, RPI for three on up or three a on up um, in three a I think Helan uh, uh, is kind of in that in that zone too if if you're doing a top 10 ranking Helan is maybe uh, you know around six seven eight uh, they're three and0 and have uh, some really impressive wins um, they uh, become for Catholic uh, 22-19 in week one, took care of business against Council Bluffs Lincoln week two, and then beat East uh, this past 
week. Um, that I was at that the Heatland East game. It was really good, really, really good game. Uh, that's a that's a pretty storied rivalry, and uh, that um, one or two plays could have swung that game. But I think Heatland's experience really kind of came into play, and and uh, just really really exciting atmosphere to to be around. Um, so they're they're um, in good shape there. Uh, Sioux Center is two and one, um, but I still think they're really good team um, and uh, could be kind of lingering in that 10, 9, 10, 12 range um, in the rankings if you're voting. And then Boyden Hall, Rock Valley, uh, one and two, but uh, have, have played teams above, classes above them and, and just uh, challenge themselves with the, the regular season. Um, especially kind of non-district schedule. So uh, uh, I think I think they'll kind of round into um, a playoff contender as well. Um, in 2A, I kind of highlighted um, 2A here because uh, this this 2A district one is going to be one. If you keep if you keep an eye on one district throughout the state, it is going to be this one. Um, uh, Central Lion, George Little Rock, Western Christian, Cherokee, and West Lion are all three and zero. I think, I think those four could be four of the top six or seven in the class in, in all of two A. Um, I just about I think every team except for Cherokee because because the districts got redrawn this year. Um, every team in this district other than Cherokee made the playoffs last year and the season before that. Uh, and, and Central Lion won 2A last year. Um, West Lion has won five times in its history. Um, and so, uh, and so this, this is a district to um, keep an eye on. Um, I'll be at uh, Western Christian and uh, Cherokee uh, tomorrow, Friday. And so, um, and so, yeah, just uh, Central Lion, not too many uh, two-way teams have two Iowa commits on it, but they have uh, Reese Vanderzee and Graham Eben, um, two-way starters, uh, Vanderzee's quarterback and, and uh, Eben's running back on offense, and then they both play secondary on defense. And, and it's just it, teams can't – teams have to work kind of in five-yard windows because with – with those two back there, I mean, they're they're both going to be Big Ten, um, you know, safeties, and so you just you can't get anything behind them. So um, I really think they could maybe be the favorite, but then again, uh, who knows how that district uh, is going to play out? Um, and then kind of going down um, in one A. Uh, OABCIG is kind of lingering. They're maybe just outside the top ten. Um, they're one and two. Lawton Bronson's one and two. Ridgeview is two and one. I think those could maybe um, warrant, uh, you know, consideration. Um, Class A Woodbury Central. Uh, they're three and zero. Oh. They are very good. Um, they could warrant a top five vote. Um, if, uh, if, if you were, you know, looking for, to fill that out, um, 
North Lynn, uh, St. Ansgar, um, Lisbon, Linville, Sully, South Central, Calhoun, those are all um, top teams in, in Class A, but, but Woodbury Central would be right there and with, and with some others. Um, they're just really, really um, tough. Got tested in week one a little bit, but uh, Drew Kluwender, their quarterback, uh, he is um, – just under 60% completion rate for over 650 yards, five touchdowns, three interceptions. Um, and then they have Zach Butler, who's a uh, pretty good, uh, really good um, threat on the ground, junior running back. Um, he's averaging over seven yards a carry, uh, over 350 yards, eight touchdowns. Um, and then just really, really solid defense. Um, and then we have the returning champ in, in eight player, uh, with Remsen St. Mary's, they're three and zero, but uh, a ton of turn roster turnover. Uh, I mean, they would have they would have lost a lot if they were an eleven player team. But those uh, the losses from graduation last year were only compounded by the fact that um, they're eight player. So um, they but they've done a really nice job. Landon Waldschmidt, the quarterback, um, you know dual threat can can run or, or pass and uh has them off to a really nice start and they've done a, a great job of of um bouncing back after you know having to make up for some losses after last year but again a lot of them were on last year's state champion team and and uh have kind of been there done that well you got a plethora of good good football teams out there uh, yeah definitely so have you talked about eight man yeah, yeah. Okay. Remsen would be the, um, yeah, Remsen, St. Mary's would be, um, you know, I, I don't know. Like I said, there was a ton of roster turnover there, but uh, so they are the returning champs. So you could vote them anywhere from in the in the top, I don't know, four or five. And, and I'd be, you know, you can only put so much into early season rankings and there's a ton of football to play off to play out yet so um you know uh nobody should be getting too upset about these early season rankings but it is kind of fun to see where the um see the lay of the land a little bit has there uh has there been any of those oddball southeast iowa uh northwest iowa matchups yet this year um no, off the top of my head, not really. Um, East played Glenwood. Um, Glenwood's not really. Glenwood's kind of, I don't know, it's down there a little bit, but not totally in that uh, corner. Or, I mean, the southwest, uh, yeah, southwest corner. Um, no teams have traveled all that far I, that I know of. Um, it's been, It's been a little... Um, little uh, concentrated to the the geographical uh, northwest, I guess. Yeah, well, um, uh, I hadn't seen any either. Uh, but uh, uh, as the playoff comes around, I'm sure that we'll we'll get there. Uh, oh yeah, there there always is some uh, cross states um, traveling teams when when we get down there. I guess there just kind of has to be, especially when when seeding and everything kind of has to take precedent. Well, we're looking for some place where we can see you again uh, um, sometime during the, uh, uh, one of these seasons. Uh, well, is there anything else about uh, uh, the teams in your area that you need to mention, or is there any other 
maybe bubble teams that or or teams that might you you think maybe could turn their season around? Um, I I think I maybe mentioned a lot of them. Um, a lot of them along the way. Uh, in Class A, um, Akron Westfield. Um, I don't know how much attention they're getting. They're two and one. Um, they could be uh, depending on how far uh, you're taking rankings. They could be. They could warrant consideration if you're filling it out to um, 15 or so. Um, and kind of touched on Ridgeview. Um, Hinton is could, could turn it around there one and two, but uh, t- tough district there. Um, uh, that might be uh, about it. Sergeant Bluff Luton. Um, they're in three A and one and two. Um, uh, but but again, the you kind of don't have the luxury of um, uh, matching up with your district opponents so much in in three A, four A, five A when you're having to worry about RPI. It's just the the number of teams that you have to jump. So at, even at one and two. Um, it's kind of a pretty big hole early on here, so, but we'll see. So there might be um, some surprises over the next few weeks, and uh, and we'll kind of reevaluate there. But but yeah, I think um, that's kind of where we're at right now. All right. Well, anything else you want to mention before we let you go? Um, not not really. I've been keeping up with uh, the teams back uh, around the the eastern side of the state to the extent that i can uh, i know uh well i, know, I, I was uh, gonna ask you to stick around for another segment we talk a little bit about that yeah yeah for sure all right well those are the teams that are hot up there in uh uh sioux city city journal uh uh teams and that's just the iowa teams that you cover um yeah yeah uh, i watch go ahead and put a plug in for the sioux city journal while i got you here yeah um so i've been out here a few months now and uh yeah, it's been going really well. Um, as we just talked about, uh, really, um, just a ton of great um, football out out in this part of the state. And uh, since you kind of brought it up, um, even we're in kind of a tri-state area out here, and um, uh, Elk Point Jefferson is um, a returning cha- state champion. They're in our South Dakota area. Um, so they're, they just, uh, suffered their first loss of the season. Um, but, uh, but, you know, could be a state, uh, state contender again. Um, and then, uh, Dakota Valley is off to a pretty good start there in South Dakota too here. Um, former, uh, Nebraska Cornhusker and pro Kenny Wilthite is, uh, their, their head coach in his first year and has done a, a really good job, um, turning that around. And then South Sioux city in uh in our nebraska area um is off to a three and zero start and they have a uh, running back tony palmer who has just been lights out this year uh i think they only needed him for like three carries uh in their last win because it was like 44 nothing that ended up but um but i think he set school records this past week um five touchdowns and i think he's been up around 300 yards or over in each of their first uh, three games. So, um, yeah, just, uh, lots of, lots of great football action up in this area. All right. Well, uh, thanks for being with us. Yep. Thanks. No problem. Anytime. 
Well, it's Power Five time with Scotty Melvin. Oh my gosh, Scotty. Um, let me ask you a little bit about uh uh oh uh, did week three make things easier or harder? You know, you you had uh, asked me that before and it, the, the long answer would be it could go either way, depending on how you want to look at it. I am going with it made it easier because the, the fact is some stuff got sorted out in a big way around the area. Some of our teams we were pretty high on uh, lost some close ones, and some of them got whacked. And you get whacked on a Friday night, you're coming out of the power five for me, at least for the week, and uh, you'll have a chance to earn back in. But made it easier on me. We pared it down quite a bit because, as you know, those first few – I kept put. I've thrown a lot of ties in there in the five slots and, and ended up with 12, 13, 14 teams. Um, we're down to – I'm still allowing a little of that, but it's it's getting closer to a five now, a true five. All right. Well, what do we got? Let's count from the fifth spot up, and number five's got one team, and I'm going with the Fairfield Trojans. They have – Whoa, that's the first time the Trojans made the, the, the list. Well, they're a one-loss team, but it wasn't a bad loss. It was a loss to another Power 5 team that's on their level uh, as far as classification. That is not a bad thing. Um, the Trojans have shown us a lot. They they could have, should have, maybe pulled that game out, you could argue, um, that they lost. And then they've, they've got some big wins on the board. Uh, this most recent one against a hot Washington team that we're real high on. So that, to me, earns them a spot in the Power 5. We'll see how they fare going forward. I have uh, just as many high ho- – I'm just as high on these Trojans as I am on the Demons, potentially. Uh, well, well, and that was – you know, that, that that seemed like a game that might – if they played 100 times, each team might win 50 of them. Uh, True. And I think the home field advantage and firing off that cannon and getting – and the Fairfield Trojans have a lot going for them. Um, you know, like I say, I got to see their JV team. They look phenomenal. Uh, they got a lot coming. Uh, they got a lot of depth. They got a lot of uh, a talent over there. Um, they're yeah. running the ball like there's nobody's business, uh, and they're tackling and they're doing the things they need to do on defense. Uh, but their 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 special teams and their kicking, I just wanted to point out, is probably the best in the business. Do you agree with me on that? Yeah, and you've heard me rave about it a couple of different times since seeing it in person down in Fort Madison. I, I feel like they uh, are the the team right now of everybody that I've seen with my own eyes, and we're only three weeks in. But the Trojans have the most polished and potent looking special teams all the way around of any team I've seen. And, you know, that's a big, you know, it's 33% of your, your, uh, your team strategy and can flip a game, you know, that simply. And uh, they're great at it. Well, I'm, I'm telling you, you win a game 23 to 20 special teams had a little something to do with that win. Wouldn't you say? Uh, it sure sounds like it. <laughs> that's a score that sounds like somebody had a field goal or a two point conversion. Something went right. Yeah, something you know, just uh, um, you miss an extra point and you can lose uh, in the in three A in particular because I think they're they're uh, uh, pretty close together. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, you're more likely to have teams that have a kid that can adequately kick, especially from uh, PAT distance. It's not quite the adventure that it might be for the smaller schools when you get up into 3A and beyond. So uh, one one glitch in a game can make all the difference. And, uh, I don't, you know, I just don't think Fairfield's a team has got to worry too much about that as long as they keep uh, doing what they're doing on special teams. Yeah, I think that I think that's what's separating them. Uh, that's what, I think it's their, their special teams is probably what's, what's pierced the top five. What do you think? 
it could be what's made the difference. You know, I've only got to see them in person the one time, um, and that was the game that they lost. And I don't think special teams by any stretch uh, was a factor in that, in the fact that they lost. In fact, it put them in position, a better position to win that game. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, Fairfield special teams is going to possibly carry them in a game or two going down the stretch here, they've got a lot of tough opponents coming up. But nobody well, on that uh, schedule. On a side note, I've got Coach Wheaton coming on uh, Monday, I think. Okay, cool. Coming off a big win there. So, yeah, they're my number five team. Um, number four is going to be a shared spot. A couple more one-loss teams that I think are very deserving still uh, and very – uh, formidable opponents for anyone out there that they're going to face. And that's going to be, uh, first off, number four, Waco, the Warriors, losing to Winfield Mount Union. That's not enough to convince me that they're not a, a, a top five team in this area. Um, they've already owned two wins over uh, ranked teams coming into this game. And uh, I think a lot of us had Winfield Mount Union pegged as the favorite, and it did go that way. Having said that, Waco did a lot of good things on both sides of the ball. They do need to get a little bit more uh, consistency going on offense, I think, when they get into these types of games with a team that's really stout. And, uh, you know, it's early in the season, and we'll see how it goes down the stretch, and we could see a rematch between these two in the playoffs. Okay. Sigourney Kyoto is tied with him in my four spot. Uh, Sigourney Kyoto coming off another big win over rival Mid Prairie. Um, Sigourney Kyoto's two and one. Um, but they've played up, you know, and they've played up and quality up competition as far as classification. And to be a two and one at this point of the season, do it the way they've done it. Um, low score, high score, you know, Kale Clarahan just going off. Yeah, what about Kale Clarahan? I was going to ask you, is that the, the, the best performance of anyone this season? It's not. And I'll get to that. And unfortunately, uh, the team that's got the kid that's got the best performance so far in my book uh, is not in the Power Five this week. But he, it's right up there. I'd call it the number two performance. Okay. Well, that sure. ain't, you know, that ain't shabby. And no. there's nothing to sneeze at. Five touchdown game. Pretty good. I agree. Um, five touchdowns. He was he pushing 300 yards rushing. I mean, yeah, he had a whale of a game. And there would be those that might argue with me that because of the five touchdowns that he, yeah, he's got the, the top performance. But uh, I, I've got some other criteria that I go by, and that's that's my uh, I get it. I get it. I was just asking. Well, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't argue with somebody that said, hey, I've got I've got Kale's uh, performances top so far. I would say, hey, I, I, I'm not going to argue with you on it. You, you have a legitimate argument <laughs> that I just can't go against, really. Okay. But uh, I'd have to put Caden Amagons up there as number one from Friday night in a losing effort against Lisbon. I don't think he scored more than two touchdowns in the game, but to tote the ball almost 40 times for 330-something uh, yards, that, that's extreme, dude. You don't see that anymore. Uh, you just don't see that. You don't see a kid take that kind of beating playing two ways. That's that's 1990s and, and prior-type football playing right there. <laughs> you just don't see it anymore, so – Caden's got my game ball as far as that goes. For well, Kale, Kale, it's it's no shame to be uh, name have mentioned with uh, Amagon. No, no, absolutely not. In fact, right now they're they're the maybe far and away the top two running backs uh, in the area as far as yardage goes. Of course, you got to throw out Cam Buffington in there too. Eight player being a little bit different animal there, but uh, yeah, we we're, we're blessed. We've got some we've got some stat machines, and they are roaring out of the gate here three weeks in. 
So okay. there we go. That that ends the uh, the the list of teams in the Power Five that have a loss. Now we got to go with all the undefeateds, and they are getting whittled down by the week already. Number three, I've got a tie with the Pekin Panthers and the Central Lee Hawks. And you've heard me uh, give you some of my reasoning why I've got Central Lee placed down at three. And I would say the same for Pekin. It's not that they're not doing great work so far. It's their level of competition compared to the teams I've got placed ahead of them. It's just not quite up to that standard yet. They haven't beat anybody's, you know, marquee yet. But they will have that opportunity in the coming weeks, and we'll see how that plays out. Well, I, I'm liking it. I'm liking it. Uh, um, Central League is really off to a good start. I mean, um, hard to deny a 3-0 start. Uh, um, and uh, Durant would be a good win for them, I'm thinking. I, I know they're down a little bit, but, uh, uh, um, you know, they're, 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 they're playing the teams that are on the schedule right in front of them. Yeah, and that's all you can do. And and again, my reasoning is their their schedule is so favorable out of the gate, and it's so heavy backloaded with uh, high caliber competition that we're going to learn a lot more about them later in the season. My my opinion on their undefeated start is a little sketchy because, like you said, for me, Durant has taken a huge step back and only win seventeen to nothing over a team that's a lower classification and lost so much to graduation doesn't impress me a ton having said that like you said they're beating who's on their schedule that's really all you can do and uh they're three and oh to this point and so they've got to be in the power five man and then i well, don't it, think it, it, anything uh, shabby according to the data there's there's a lot of uh favorable data leaning that way absolutely uh the Pekin panthers honestly impressed me a little bit more i think they've had a little tougher road than a central lee but i'm placing them at three just because when we get to these uh, what I would call my top four in the area. These teams have proven a little bit more over over a sturdier competition. Let's put it that way. So peaking a central lead at number three. Number two, I've got a three-way tie. Um, I, I couldn't put any of these quite at number one, but they're, they're pushing, and we'll see how it goes going forward. But I've got Wilton, Linville Sully, and Fort Madison at the two spot in the Power Five. These guys are all undefeated. They've all got uh, big-time wins in my book over over some pretty decent competition. Linville Soley's doing it without quarter down harder right now. He's got a broken leg. Uh, looks like, according to his Twitter, he's going to be back by playoff time. If they can survive the rest of the season, get to the playoffs without him, and he's going to have fresh legs going in. Look out for Linville Soley. Well, hey, but, can I ask uh, you something about Linville Soley? Um I searched and searched. I didn't see a score on them last week. Did you have one? They, they beat uh, Pleasantville, thirty-six to twenty-six, and we know Pleasantville's no, not a. Uh, they're no slouch at this football thing, but that score raised my eyebrows a little bit. I thought uh, Linville Sully would beat them worse, and it and it could be uh, the fact that they didn't have quarter. Well, there's you know, another team I, I didn't get a score on, and I hope I'm not missing anything up. But it's West Burlington. West Burlington uh, gets knocked out of my power five this week due to losing to West Liberty 27 to seven. West Liberty was winless. Um, so that's, uh, that's a setback for West Burlington, Notre Dame, but uh, again, well, it can happen. Uh, it can happen to anybody. It, it can happen on any Friday to anybody. To, uh, and, and this season is proof of it. And this game is proof of it. Absolutely. And it's a non-district game. So it's, it's not the end of the world. Um, whatever went wrong, if they can get it shored up and, and win what they've got to win in the district play, which is going to be tough with mid Prairie and uh, 
Minneapolis looming down the road, but uh, West Burlington Notre Dame's got every chance to, to make a run at the playoffs still. This isn't, uh, I don't know what happened there. I just know the score. A um, little bit surprised by it because uh, West Liberty hadn't been looking real strong coming into that game. Well, they make a couple adjustments. Maybe a, a hurt player comes back. Yeah. A lot of stuff can happen, you know. Um, Absolutely. You, you know, they, they might see something on film they can exploit that someone else hasn't. Um, you just never know. Fumble here and there, and game's all, you know, that football's an odd-shaped ball. That's a fact. Um, the Wilton Beavers, I want to thank uh, Julie Keith, Drew's mom, for uh, chiming in there Friday night. I was at the Winfield Mount Union game uh, versus Waco. I was watching <laughs> – as I could, the Columbus-Lisbon game on my phone, and then, of course, constantly trying to search Twitter and, and everything else for scores, and Julie chimed in on the Wilton game, and they had a tough one against Comanche, but they just kind of slowly ground it, ground them down and uh, weathered it and uh, pulled out a nice victory, and that's the third in a row for the Beavers over a 2-8 team. Uh, every, every game they've won has been against a bigger school, so they are a solid number two. They've just steadily climbed up my uh, list here, and we'll see how it uh, – how it continues to go. I think they've also got kind of their, the meat of their schedule is going to be later in the season. Okay. They've got, they found offense against Centerville the other night. Man, they really look good. Um, they had the big plays. You know what I mean? And that defense, um, something happens to them in the, in the red zone. It's, you just shift some kind of gear. When the field gets short, they get tough. Man, they are tough to score on in the red zone. You saw it last, uh, 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 the week before last, um, uh, in person. Well, what's going on with that Fort Madison defense, and why does it get so stiff uh, uh, when the field gets short? There's a lot of teams like that. And I don't know if that's something that kind of makes the coaches, you know, if you're a defensive coach, uh, a little bit antsy or what. I don't know. But uh, there's something I noticed about Columbus last year. They, they would let teams drive the ball down the field on them, and then something would happen when they get – into about that that twenty yard line range, that red zone range, and then the, the kids just buckle down. And I, I can't tell you if it's maybe they're just on their heels a little bit as they're trying to figure things out. And that that's kind of what's nice about football is if you if you don't give the opposition a short field, it does give you time to figure them out a little bit as they maybe move the ball down the field on you, and then uh, you can kind of dig your heels in and, and make a stop when it when it really matters. Um, and that's what I've seen out of Fort Madison. Offensively, uh, Coach Doherty, I think he was a little frustrated with their sense of urgency and, and, and whatnot. And uh, maybe they've got a little of that going on on the defense, too, and they, they find it in the red zone. But uh, whatever it is, they, they are hard to score on. Uh, you might pile up some yards, but you won't pile up points on them. And uh, if they uh, are firing on all cylinders offensively now, that makes them extremely dangerous. And I think they're a legitimate challenger to Davenport Assumption and Mount Vernon uh, later in the season here. Hey, have you ever seen that that big Reds field? I have, just on video. Yes, um, awesome, isn't it? Yeah, they've uh, piled some money into that or something. That's a. That's oh my fun. God, that that Indian Chief's head in the middle of the field, and, and every every ten yards is a different color, and the red track all the way around it. Oh my, that was that was awesome. Well, it, it's cool too because. Many years ago, I remember Centerville getting stuck in 3A quite a bit with Mount Pleasant back when they were a power, and uh, they'd have to come down here and play. And they seemed like kind of one of those hard luck teams that didn't have a lot of uh, maybe the amenities and money 
going into their program that some of our schools had around here back in those days. And I, I always felt kind of bad for them. And now they look like a, a community that's uh, taken a lot of pride in, in things. And as far as their football goes with facility and whatnot, and, and it's, and it showed because they've had some good playoff teams here recently. Well, they get two thumbs up for atmosphere at the, in Centerville from round guy radio. That's for sure. Yeah, that's a great place and a real nice win for Fort Madison. Uh, I, w I may not call it a marquee win, but it's it's nice to see them really get uh, revved up on offense now, and hopefully they can keep that up going forward. Yeah, that brings us to number number one, and there can be no other. I've seen them in person finally, and I already knew what I was going to see. The Winfield Mount Union Wolves are far and away the most stacked team in Southeast Iowa right now, and they're playing like it. They're healthy. They uh, they look strong out there. They look like a team that's lifted more weights than anybody else. Uh, they look more physically gifted. They're just bigger, meaner, nastier, faster, uh, explosive plays, um, spectacular athletic plays. If you saw Colton Milks' interception, the one-handed one right in front of Colton Lichty, I mean, just they yeah, remind that me. Was that was a dandy. That was a dandy. So they are, for me right now, kind of uh, the king of the hill down here. And uh, they are my lone number one now. They earned it with a, a convincing victory over Waco. Again, I'll say it, Waco did some nice things. I still see them as a, as a very much a top five team in the state as far as eight player goes. And uh, I like their attitude because I was able to talk to a couple of boys after the game. And uh, yeah, they're disappointed. They wanted to play better. They wanted to win, all that stuff. But uh, what I heard was, hey, we'll get better from this. We'll get better. We'll learn from it and move on. And that's that's a great attitude right there. Well, I, I get you. Um, well, I, I got some breaking news, if you're up for it. Sure. Monday night, Round Guy Radio will be at the JV game between uh, uh, Waco and Winfield Mount Union at Winfield. Uh, it's my first foray ever into going there. Tell me a little bit about what's like to see a game there in Winfield. Well, it's a it's a nice little facility. Um, plenty of seating on the home side. I never have trouble finding a seat, and I don't know if that's because so many folks like to stand and they're milling around. they got a great concession stand. You'll enjoy that if they've got it fired up uh, like they do for a varsity game. And, uh, boy, we had some – we had some – good uh beef and nachos beef nachos there the other night my daughter and i we had a good time and uh fields uh decent um for Nate man you know a lot of these small towns have you know less than stellar facilities that's just kind of the way it goes uh i like theirs i love their announcer i think coach mccarty gets uh unnerved by it sometimes <laughs> we that discussion. i know um, you Get, let's get a plug. Guy. Who is this guy that you always mention him every time you talk about? Well, him. You're, if he's doing the JV game, you're going to get a kick out of it. I mean, you know, he's uh, he's trying to make things more entertaining, and I understand where a coach might be like, okay, you can dial that down a bit or whatever. But as a fan, my experience is is entirely uh, has entirely different standards and expectations, and I enjoy every time I go to Winfield and uh, hear him on the mic. So hopefully you get treated to that. Maybe I can get up there and get an interview from him. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Uh, you have to see what you can do there. It's possible I might be able to join you, but it's really hard to say at this point. Um, I never know what my weeknights are going to bring. I know, I know how things are. It's a whirlwind uh, um, 
uh, of life you lead there, uh, as well as uh, uh, everyone else around here. But we all appreciate you, you taking some time. Well, Scotty, this is the point of the show where you tell me where the Round Guy Game of the Week is next week. You know, I, I had to dig around, and I've been digging around, and I've tried to narrow it down. Where would I want to go? There's some games I'd like to see, but they're going to be not feasible because of distance. You know, a team that I'd like to see that's you know, going to be on the road or whatever. Early on in the season, uh, or maybe even preseason, I kind of had looked ahead. I knew I wasn't going to be able to get to Columbus for the game against Lisbon because it's on the same night as the Winfield-Mount Union-Waco game. And uh, even though Columbus lost the game, it was exciting down to the wire. Uh, tough to have to miss that one. But I said, hey, the following week, if things go the way I think, and Pekin is a player in this district, that, that week four game at Columbus, you know, between the Panthers and the Wildcats could be just as uh, much of a marquee matchup as the Lisbon game. And that's how it's shaken out. So I am 99% sure that I'm going to go to Columbus to get my eyes on uh, – them for the second time this season, first time at home. Well, and then I, the Panthers. I wholeheartedly endorse this as a round guy game of the week. As a matter of fact, Scotty Melvin, uh, uh, we're going to marry you back up with Jeff Mills as this is the uh, real uh, smart highlights videos game of the week also. So uh, just Thanks. like uh, the initial game of the, of the week, well, uh, you have got out and you see, let's see, you see Minneapolis and Columbus, you saw Fairfield and Fort Madison, yep. then you saw Waco and Winfield. Now you got Columbus and Pekin in Columbus. Uh, yeah, that we got to get a round guy game of the week there in Columbus. That is a, a, a for sure thing. And I do think that we are also, I can also announce that uh, the Pekin, uh, um, Columbus JV game is going to be a round guy uh, a JV game we covered. So we're definitely going to cover the uh, game in uh, 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 we're going to cover the game uh, at, Win at Winfield against Waco to uh, tomorrow night. And then uh, uh, you can look forward to the Columbus uh, Pekin Panthers uh, as my return to uh, Columbus uh, will be uh, a good one for me because I really like it over there. That that's one that I'm telling you, you want to go have a fun time, go watch Columbus play. I mean, that's a, just a, the whole thing. They just do everything so well, don't they? Yeah, they do. I, I love going to a game there on Friday nights. And uh, disappointed, like I said, I couldn't be there last week. But uh, I, I thought, well, things are going to shake out that that peaking game is going to loom pretty huge. And in a way, it's bigger now. It's more marquee. It's oh, more it is a marquee matchup, isn't it? Uh, yeah, with the fact that Columbus dropped this because we have them as such heavy favorites in the district, and now their backs are against the wall a little bit. You don't want to lose two district games. Pekin's an upstart. We don't know just how much progress they've made. They're off to this fast 3-0 and start. Can they match up with Columbus? Can they prove that they are a, a real threat to uh, the rest of the teams in this district? It was been as well. Uh, we're going to find out a lot Friday night there in Columbus, and, and I'm pretty excited for this one. This one has a lot of intrigue. Scotty, I was there last time. It, it was at yeah. peak, and I was there. And I'm telling you, this matchup is just it, these two communities are great at competing with each other, and it's a uh, uh, it was a great one. That was one Caden scored uh, seven touchdowns. Yes, uh, sir. And, and he uh, needed them all to win that game. Uh, Pekin, yeah, they were down Pekin really really played them strong. I think that was the first time Pekin kind of played with the big boys. You know. 
and what about Pekin, though? Tell me a little bit about They got a chance in this game or what? Well, you know more about them than I do. I, I've not got eyes on them. Well, I, uh, I just got my ears on the, the, the luscious and dulcet tones of uh, of KISS uh, FM 101.5 and Michael Comstock and his partner, who just well, do a fantastic job, but they got a lot of weapons, you know? Uh, um, and I think, and they got a good quarterback, and, and, and uh, this Will Adams kid's fantastic, and Dolstrom's fantastic, and they got downtown Robert Brown, uh, um, I don't, I mean, we'll see, can they, you know, they tackle well, but can they tackle, uh, um, one of the best running backs in the state of Iowa? Uh, I want to tell you Columbus Wildcat listeners out there, um, I, my opinion of your team hasn't changed at all. Same you're here. still, you're still at the top of the list with me. Um, I think I don't, I don't see any, any reason at all why if you disqualify for the playoffs that you won't be one of the most deadliest threats in the state of Iowa when you get there. And I don't think that, you know, Lisbon's unbeatable, you know, to you. You look like you played them pretty tough. So, I mean, I think in another circumstance, maybe you, you beat them. Uh, but, you know, the teams that you, you know, that, that you, you didn't win were excellent, excellent teams. Uh, um, so, there's not, you know, sometimes you don't win every game, but – it isn't so much about who plays the best in the first three games. It's who plays the best in the last three games and, and who brings it into the playoffs. And, uh, um, man, I still, still strong. Um, I couldn't get, uh, coach Lequa on the phone last week, but hopefully, um, we'll be talking to him again real soon. Uh, Scotty, what, anything else you want to say about the, the power five or any other matchups that you're looking at? I would just echo that about Columbus. They're 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 not in my power five this week because they lost again, you know. So they're one and two, and it's just for fun poll type thing. And and there's certain criteria I try to use to reward teams on what they did Friday night. You, but you, lot, that loss was uh, it could have gone either way. The two teams are kind of like looking in mirrors. These are two of the fastest teams in Class A. I mean, look at their track teams, you know. Um, so this this thing was a foot race. Lisbon had the ball last. Well. It might go the other way the next time because I got a feeling there's a good chance that we could see another. This is another rematch possibility in the playoffs, and uh, but there's a lot of season left too. And if you're Columbus, you know, and you had the hopes of winning the district, that's not necessarily over just yet. It's too early, but it's uh, it's definitely had a damper put on it with this early early loss to Lisbon, and they definitely don't want to have another one. And uh, so they're going to have to come out firing on all cylinders against Pekin and, and probably make a statement Friday night. And we'll see what happens because Pekin's going to have a lot to say about that. Yeah, well, we'll um, it's going to be a great game. Round guy game of the week. One of the, Probably one of the marquee matchups in the state, uh, uh, to be honest with you. I can't imagine it be anything other than a top 10 matchup in the state of Iowa for sure. Well, it's Scotty, big... is there any other players that performed well last week that you want to mention? Oh, we got a couple minutes. Go down the list there. Uh, you know, I was uh, had eyes on the Waco Winfield Mount Union game. I've got Clayton Miller uh, ranked. If I were to rank uh, quarterbacks in Southeast Iowa, he's in the top two or three. Um, Jake Edwards looked great for Winfield Mount Union, although I think he is going to look a lot better in a lot of other games. Let's not uh, shortchange the Waco defense, even though they gave up 34 points. Let me tell you. Worst case scenario for Winfield Mount Union is they get in a dogfight. Just keep giving the ball to Cam Buffington because, uh, you know, if your team's stout and they're, they've they got some good technique tackling-wise, they're going to get him down plenty. 
he's not going to bust every run for for big yardage, but every once in a while he's going to, and I think he can do it enough times to literally carry the Wolves to any win they need to get. Because man, when he gets loose, he's scary. I thought he looked like I mean, like a borderline NFL player. You know, it's right. got so much of him, but I mean, if it's possible, my opinion of him is even higher than it was. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think Waco did uh, crazy good work in in keeping him to short gains a lot of the night, but not enough, not nearly enough. He had plenty of big ones. He's a machine. You can't stop him. Right. Hunter Hughes, uh, I talked to him after the game. He said, look, he said, said, a D1 kid is just different. You know, he said, it's no joke. I said, yeah, I know. I mean, we we all seen it. We've been seeing it for three, four years now with Cam. um, And now he's a senior. So it's his year. Um, Abram was great out there. Cooper Buffington is now, for me, he is on the level of Chase Waterhouse, who had a spectacular night for Waco. Uh, Colton Lichty, there were four of the best defensive ends in Southeast Iowa, all on the field uh, in an eight-player game Friday night, and that was that was really special to see. Cole Milks is a, an absolute demon on both sides of the ball, uh, a supreme weapon. Uh, this couldn't be a better coaching move by Coach McCarty to – to get him out of the quarterback spot and turn him loose all over, all over the place. Uh, you know, Winfield's just loaded this year, and uh, I have ho- hopes for them to get to the dome, if not take home a, a, the number, the top trophy. We'll see. That's that's a lot, and that's hard to do. But uh, I, I sure hope they're able to get it done. Well, uh, we want to thank the following sponsors to help you bring this week three action to you. And, boy, it's a lot, and we're going to get a lot more to you. But we want to thank Iowa Tire, Fairfield, Iowa, Kyoto Transmission and Repair, uh, Flint Cliffs Manufacturing of Burlington, Iowa, Wester Drug of Wilton and Muscatine, Jen Fagan, your neighbor's insurance agent, Kyoto, Iowa, Home Plate Sports Cards of Oskaloosa, Iowa, Henshaw Trailer Sales of Richland, Iowa, B&B Propane, R&B Breaks Facebook page of Dubuque, Iowa, for the best sports cards in Iowa. Richardson's Tech Solutions of of Richland, Iowa. Farmers Co-op and Vision Ag of of Kyoto and surrounding areas. And the Packwood Locker of Packwood, Iowa, soon to be Griner Meats and Groceries of Richland, Iowa.